Welcome to the Pete on Software podcast, where we program with passion. This is the podcast that discusses technology, the business side of software, and the tech people that drive our industry. And now, here's your host, Pete Shearer. Hi, and welcome to episode 12 of the Pete on Software podcast. I'm recording this on Sunday, April 6th, 2014. Well, this past Friday was my talk at Star Trek. I spoke on push notifications and how they work across iOS, Android, and Windows Phone 8 landscape. I wrote native push servers in all three ecosystems and a native app for each environment. And I also compared that with a cloud-provided solution. I'm not 100% sure how my talk went overall from an audience reaction standpoint, but I do know that my demos all went well. There were a lot of moving parts, and I'm very glad that the demo gods saw fit to spare me any humiliation. On top of that, I did get some laughs at some of my jokes during the presentation, so that's all I could ask for. From my perspective, the conference was organized very well. There was a speaker room stocked with Advil, Tylenol, Tums, gum, candy, Red Bull, AA, and AAA batteries. Just about everything you could need. I went in there with my Verizon hotspot to do one entire walkthrough in that building with almost the exact conditions that I was going to work with for my real speech. I got done in 59 minutes and 24 seconds, which didn't leave much time for questions. But I did find a few hitches as I was walking through where I could do a little pre-setup and a few things uh, that I could do to help that out. And I ended up finishing while doing the actual speech in about 55 minutes, leaving plenty of time for some questions. And I did get some good questions and some good discussions, so that was nice. Having that speaker room to walk through on the day of really calmed me down. It allowed me to really enjoy the conference. When I spoke for the first time ever in Pittsburgh a few years ago, I skipped every session and lunch as well. Star Trek wasn't like that at all. So all in all, I feel like this weekend started off with a really big win for me. For those who were present, my code and slides will be up on this year's Star Trek GitHub very soon. I'm going to submit a pull request later tonight. Today, I want to talk about when it is time to move on from your job. This one's tricky because there are many reasons to move on. The absolute most common is over salary. It's a crappy truth of our industry, and I imagine all industries, that it is hard to get above a cost of living raise in many companies. To get progress in salary, sometimes changing jobs every 18 to 24 months is required. Sometimes the next pay raise isn't possible without a promotion, and you don't have a growth path in the company that you're in. It's often time to move on then as well. Money isn't everything, but at the same time, we all have people that we need to take care of, so it's pretty important. However, make sure that you are considering the entire compensation package. What is important to you? If one place has a 10000 higher base salary, but their benefits are 6000 more a year, and you get one less week in vacation, have you really gotten very much for moving? Many companies are starting to realize this and are trying to be creative with perks to keep professionals whose salaries are moving out of range. To me, companies that keep a keep a tight grip on purse strings at raise time, but will spend fifteen dollars to $20,000 on headhunter fees every two years just are not getting it. Now that I've touched on that, that isn't the angle that I really want to talk about. Most of what I just said is common sense, or is pretty generally accepted. What I am talking about is why you might want to leave a job that pays you fairly and even provides a good benefits package. Appealing in a way to my Pete on Software podcast theme, you should really consider leaving your job if you are no longer passionate about your work and dread going into the office every day. That is my number one criteria when looking for new employment. Do I dread going into work? Am I excited about the kind of things that I get to do in my job? 
Not every day is a mountaintop, but if you have a prolonged period of dreading work, then you should consider moving on. All the other salient points roll into that one. Some people talk about office politics and high-profile work, etc. It's different strokes for different folks, and some people aren't going to be affected by the same things that affect others. It all comes down to whether or not you die a little inside when the alarm goes off in the morning. Assuming that you're getting paid basically what you can make elsewhere, give or take a few percent, and that your benefits are fine, the only other consideration in my mind is whether or not your skills are being allowed to grow or whether they're stagnating. For example, if you're a .NET developer and your workplace is still working on the .NET Framework 2.0 and you are only using web forms and you're on SQL Server 2000 with no chance of an upgrade, you should think about going even if you're happy. Your alternative is to get very involved in new technologies in your spare time so that you don't become easily expendable. The days of working somewhere for 40 years and retiring with a gold watch and a pension are basically extinct. If you allow a job to manage your career for you, you will find a time where it's 2014 and you're looking for work and you have been doing Fox Pro 6 or Classic ASP for 15 years and now you can't find a job that will pay you anywhere near what you need to support yourself and possibly a family. John Kruger actually had a talk during Star Trek about running your career like a business. Several people tweeted pictures of a slide from his deck that said, You are responsible for your life and career. That's it. Don't be afraid to take the required steps to move on from somewhere to manage your career effectively. If the job is a good place and you love it, but it's one of those old technology shops, then find creative ways to bring new technology in. It isn't always feasible for companies to pay for rewrites of their applications but sometimes you can build new features in a new technology or try to get automated builds started or automate repetitive tasks using current and new technology. Anything. Just be proactive. Mostly, though, it's all summed up pretty simply as to whether or not you like going to work every day. If you love the place and it is feeding your career, then you already know that you shouldn't be looking anywhere else. If you love the place and it is strangling your career, Consider whether or not you have the time or inclination to put in the work off hours in a very big way to gain the requisite experience in new technologies that you may or may not use professionally. If you don't have that time or inclination, look to move on, even if you love your job. If you don't love waking up in the morning to go to work, get out. Life is too short for almost anything else to matter. This week's first pick of the week is called Porsche. You can find it over at tinyurl.com slash O-E-A-N-R-P-Y, and also in the show notes. Porsche is an open-source visual web scraper. There's a video with a pretty awesome, great bass-driven groove at the link that explains what the tool does if you'd like to see it in action. In a nutshell, though, Porsche allows you to visit a website, choose sections of the page, and give them your own name for the data element, and then train it to pull all of those articles to meet your criteria. Then you have a custom data feed at your disposal. Web scraping isn't just for smarmy blog post dealers. There are plenty of legitimate uses, including collecting public data that is trapped, poorly designed government sites. Give it a look. My next pick of the week is a humorous video called The Expert. This is a skit about what it's like sometimes being the only engineer in a meeting with project managers, stakeholders, and subject matter experts. Everyone that I know thinks this is hilarious. You can find it over at tinyurl.com slash QGOQH69 or again in the show notes. My third pick of the week 
is more of an idea. It's an event that happened this past week. At the Build Conference, Microsoft announced open sourcing more of the .NET framework, including the Roslyn compiler and some other things. These moves are nothing but positive. C-sharp is an incredible language that is being used to make code on every platform imaginable. The folks over at Xamarin, led by Miguel de Casa, have used and built tools to have C-sharp create iOS apps, Android apps, Windows apps, all kind of apps, all on the backbone of the Mono framework, which can also be used to make .NET apps run on the Mac or on Linux. Miguel has taken a lot of flack in the past for writing apps in C-sharp on the Mono framework for fear that one day Microsoft will come along and make it not as free or as open as it once was. Microsoft has taken great strides in the last few years. Microsoft made a promise in 2007 that said, Microsoft irrevocably promises not to assert any Microsoft necessary claims against you for making, using, selling, offering for sale, importing, or distributing any implementation, and etc., etc., about C Sharp and key parts of .NET. And now to top that off, this announcement that Microsoft's open sourcing key portions of its technology, including the Rosalind compiler, means that all future iterations on those compilers are going to be open source under an Apache 2.0 license, which is a very open sourcey license, for lack of a better term. It's one that should make a lot of the opponents happy. Microsoft has always been in a community that is about developers, and I am very pleased to see that they are broadening that to not just developers on the Windows platform, but developers on all platforms as you see their moves recently with Azure to include many multiple platforms, as well as some of the talks that have been had or rumored that Microsoft might even be interested in buying Xamarin so that they can officially, and in a strong monetary way, support using .NET on many, many platforms. That will be interesting to keep an eye on in the future. That's all for this week. If you have any questions or comments, you can find me on Twitter as at PeteOnSoftware, on my blog at PeteOnSoftware.com. The show notes for my episodes are available at www.pedonsoftware.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.